0: Hello there, my name's Andy. I teach creative writing and I write children's fiction under the pseudonym AP Winter. Welcome to Writing Children's Fiction. This week, we're looking at a question that has the exciting potential to haunt you for the rest of your life How do I get better at writing? When I was a little boy, a well meaning uncle gave me a lawnmower engine. He gave it to me in pieces, and the idea was, I think, for me to learn how to put those pieces together into a working machine. From there, I suppose, to become a mechanic. Before you start getting excited, this episode is not going to tell you how to put a lawnmower engine together. If it was, I wouldn't be the person to teach it. My family placed the pieces of the engine in the garage, And there it sat, reproving me for at least a year. Whenever I'd think about the engine and how it all fitted together, how it might one day power an exciting lawnmower, I'd get the overwhelming conviction that I was too stupid to figure it out on my own. So I didn't even look at it. To this day, I don't know if it was in ten pieces or two And although I know it would have taken effort, I'm pretty sure if I'd sat there with it and put the time in, I would have figured it out. So far on this podcast, we've talked about fun theory stuff. Story, plot, ideas, excitement, drama. It's all been relatively easy to grasp and has potentially big implications. But when it comes to making progress, you have to start seriously committing your time to the task at hand. So, in this episode, we're going to talk about a few of the nuts and bolts that you need to know when you're writing prose for the first time. First of all, I'm going to throw some things out there that you may or may not know. And either way is fine. The important thing is not to feel stupid for not knowing any of this. First up is narration. Once we have an idea of the type of story we want to write, a good next step is to figure out how it will be narrated. This just means how the story is going to be told. There's no wrong choice, but it's important to figure out which approach will work best for you, and to be consistent. To begin, we have a few basic options to consider, whether it's written in first or third person, whether it's in past or present tense. Let's say you're writing the first line of a novel. The line involves someone walking down a street. I walk to the house at the end of the street is first person. He walked to the house at the end of the street is third person. You walk to the house at the end of the street is none of my business. If you start out by saying, I did this, you need to keep to that voice, probably. And if you start out saying, he did this, for your main character and everyone else in the text, you'd better stick to that too. For tense, well, tense just means when things are happening in your story. Whether they're written as if they're happening now or have happened in the past. For the purpose of these examples, we'll stay in third person. He walked to the door and tried the handle is past tense. He walks to the door and tries the handle is present tense. Present tense can be quite alluring because it makes the writing seem immediate and exciting, with sensory details that seem to jump in front of the reader. But it can become fatiguing to read a significant work of this length. And that's possibly why most novels stick to the past tense. Maybe it's just because we like our old habits too. The next big thing to talk about is psychic distance. There are lots of terms which might refer to aspects of how close we are to characters, thoughts, and feelings, such as free and direct discourse or stream of consciousness, but I think the most useful way to think about our style of narration in this respect is to consider a spectrum. This is normally where I delight my class with my skills of penmanship by failing to draw a straight line on a whiteboard, but you'll just have to imagine that for yourself. At one end of the spectrum, we have very close access to a character's thoughts. We hear what they're thinking and feeling, and at times the narration might even converge with the character's thoughts. At the other end of the spectrum we have no access to their thoughts, so we can only guess what they think and feel from their actions and words. Between these two poles there are lots of options, but if you are using a close psychic distance, you also need to decide how your story is focalized. Focalized means who we see the story through. If you're writing in third person, It's common that we have lots of access to the thoughts and feelings of our main character, and not much access at all to everyone else's, only what our main character can guess at, or is told directly by those other characters. Alternatively, you might have access to everyone's thoughts and feelings, which would be omniscient narration. A brief word on the omniscient approach... It's often the default way that people approach writing a novel for the first time, which is odd because it's actually not such a common way of telling stories anymore. Maybe it's because it feels more movie-like in a way, to be able to go wherever we like and see whatever each character is up to, without worrying about what our main character knows. It was wonderful for Leo Tolstoy, He wanted to give a message about society and equality, and that sometimes meant showing what a dog was thinking about, or describing a fly buzzing around a room, or telling the reader, as the disembodied voice of the storytelling god, that someone looks a bit like a cucumber. And for all of these things, omniscient narration is great. But people, especially children, tend to like things with one clear main character these days. It's hard to tell who the main character is, or what's most important in a scene, if we're being led on a dance through everyone's thoughts and feelings. You've heard the expression, you're not writing war and peace. Well, in this instance, you're probably not. You can find lots of material on the pros and cons of these narrative approaches. But the main thing, again, is that we're consistent. Choosing one psychic distance and sticking to it. Unless there is some deliberate artistic effect taking place. But I try and keep those to a minimum. Always remember that agents and publishers aren't rich amateurs. Most of them at least. It's not a case of I don't know much but I know what I like and more a case of I have a thorough grounding in creative writing principles and I know what I like. So it's unwise to try and slip things by them on the grounds that you know better. If you want to practice the effect of these principles, have a go at writing a scene. A character is standing in the rain Write a few lines which give us a sense of a distant psychic distance. So no thoughts, no feelings, just a description of them in that setting. Build up their body language, suggest things about them from the way they look and act. Now write the same scene with a sense of close psychic distance. You're in their head. You're able to tell us what they're thinking about, what they're feeling, even what they're remembering from another sad September day when they were stuck in the rain. There are merits to both approaches. See which one you prefer. This is a good time to talk about Sesame Street. It might be apocryphal, so nobody should sue me, but I heard that there was a study which asked children whether they knew what a mountain was. All of the children said yes, and all of them gave a good definition. The children were then shown a song from Sesame Street, where the Count sings a song about mountains. It had yodeling and funny costumes, and at the end of it, those same children were asked, What is a mountain? Half of them weren't sure anymore. When you're first exposed to basic creative writing concepts, it's easy to start tying yourself in knots. You can forget that you're an intelligent human being with a long history of actually reading books and, even more shockingly, writing things down. There is a lot to be said for learning by doing. I think the best way to develop your skills quickly beyond listening to this podcast, or maybe joining one of my creative writing courses, isn't to read up on theory, but instead to open a book you like, and look at how it's put together. I don't mean the story, I don't mean the plot, I don't mean characters, I don't mean the cool map at the beginning which makes you think you definitely need to draw a map for your world before you begin. I mean how the author puts a couple of paragraphs of words together on a page. We've touched on the idea of writing a list of things you enjoy in other people's writing. Now I'm suggesting a more focused approach. Take the beginning of a chapter from a writer you respect. Try paraphrasing their first sentence. If they wrote, it was a sad day in September, when I first found myself walking down Muffin Street, write, it was a happy day in May, when I first wandered into Cupcake Avenue. Then, do the same with the second sentence, then the third. If the passage uses dialogue or introduces a character, you do the same in your lines. Keep to roughly the same length for each sentence and try not to let your pen run away with you. As you're doing this, think about the purpose of each line. Is it describing something, showing the character's internal world of thoughts and feelings, sowing the seeds of intrigue, giving a sense of character or showing the way people speak? Copy the purpose of these sentences precisely in a passage of your own writing. Read it back. Does it sound good? More importantly, are there some ratios emerging in your writing which you didn't use before? Are you starting to see how a writer you admire balances the amount of description to dialogue or internal world to external world? Once you're well practiced in looking at the small structure of a writer's work, you can begin to do it instinctively and take those lessons into your own writing. But that's just copying, you might say. Well observed, it is copying. And copying from good writers is the fastest way to learn how to approach the thing you want to do. You won't be able to do things exactly as they do. As you become more confident, you won't necessarily want to, but you'll get a good sense of how the engine fits together. The instincts and patterns which guide your writing will emerge eventually too, creating the fingerprint of your individual style. But in the meantime, you won't be idly flailing around, writing line after line, and not really having a sense of improving. You'll develop a feel for the balance of where your efforts should lie that only comes from reading a lot of books, and reading them as a writer. Are you still feeling queasy about the idea of copying? Well, good. I'm not suggesting you write a novel that way, but for practice, absolutely. No writer sets out to write a novel without knowing what a novel is, and in conceding that we're trying to write a novel at all, you should accept that you're standing on the shoulders of giants. I think we should round up soon, but I just wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening to this podcast. If you've made it this far, it's safe to assume you're gearing up to write something great, unless you're using these recordings to help fall asleep which is fine too, as long as you leave nice reviews. If you're starting out as a writer, remember not to be too hard on yourself, or to put too much pressure on the work you're producing. It's like anything, starting a new sport, learning to paint, studying a language. Your first efforts don't even begin to represent everything you'll ever be able to achieve, even if they do contain the excitement of that prospect. So, take pleasure in the small steps of progress. Don't try to be perfect. And I hope you'll start to love the craft you've chosen. That's it for this time. All elements of this podcast were created by me, AP Winter. If you found it useful, please say nice things about it wherever you find it. Any questions, you can reach me through Twitter at AP underscore Winter and through my website, apwinterauthor.com. I'll be returning soon with some more advice on getting started as a writer. I hope you'll join me then.